Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me here on this hump day as we get through the first week or so of the Steelers offseason, my good friend and pal, one Zach Flash Celadonia. And Zach, um, it's crazy out there, man. How's it going? <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, great. Every, everything's fantastic, man. I love I love being an adult and working uh, 75% of my life. It's awesome. Only having two days off and you work five days, which feels like way more than you should. But I, I, other than that, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> and here you are putting in some more time, putting in the man hours. As oh, they yeah, yeah, because I do it for the people. I'm yes. not here for myself. I, I'm here for the viewers and the listeners. I was doing the old stepbrothers quote there, and it was like putting in the man hours, you know, black leather gloves. <laughs> uh, it was like security. We put liquid paper on a bee, and it died. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, that's the way I feel with a lot of Twitter, Facebook, social media, uh, I, I think that Matt Canada, we're just going to throw it out there right now. I think Matt Canada is going to be the gift that keeps on giving, much like Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, talking quarterbacks and everything that we did during the entire offseason uh, through most of the season. And now it's just everywhere I look, every two seconds, you got some hill jack with some sort of opinion. Uh, you know, they, they you know what they say opinions are like. And it's like, it's like the bunghole and it smells too, but man, everybody else that jumps on this bandwagon, if any of you pay attention to Pittsburgh media, there's a different tweet every day about a different rumor about a different thing that has something to do with Matt Canada. And quite frankly, I find it a little gross and disgusting for how quick people are like, just on the human side of this, you want somebody fired. I understand like you're favorite football team didn't win the Super Bowl this year and you're pissed off about it. But man, it's like, does that give you the right? And, and everybody thinks they're clever too. That's like in another hour, somebody else will be like, is Matt Canada fired yet? Because you know, whatever place that you're at, you haven't seen it a thousand times by somebody Can't else wait to be the 26th ranked offense again next year. <laughs> but yeah, now all the Yenzers, they're Thanks really, a lot. Steelers. Yeah, yeah, they're really up in their feels, aren't they? Because um, that'll be our first topic of discussion is uh, reportedly, and I just got done saying whatever about the Pittsburgh media and running their mouths and everything, but reportedly uh, Matt Canada, well, I shouldn't say reportedly, Burt Lawton of the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was reportedly earlier in the day, but Burt Lawton of the Pittsburgh Steelers says Matt Canada will return with the team. Everybody was like, oh, what's taking so long and blah, blah, blah. And Mike Tomlin has a personal matter and this and that. And it's like, God forbid that these people actually have a life outside of football. You know, you were just talking about working, however many hours a day, however many days a week, you go home, you think about your job when you go home, you, you entertain, maybe some people do, do you get work calls as you're like, I just got home. I just got home and I couldn't be further <laughs> away from that place right now mentally. And that's that, that couldn't be further from the truth, man. I do not think about work while I'm not there. And if you're a real football guy, you would know by now that most NFL business gets done throughout the week by about four, four thirty-five at the latest, i.e. 
those dudes go home. Like, like they, yeah. they go home. And a lot of times on weekends, mainly Sundays, uh, stuff doesn't happen at all. So there were a lot of time he, times here where the office was just empty. And I know everybody wanted Canada fired, but there, there's, I'm not going to tell anybody how to feel. That That's what I first want to say, because I get as mad as anybody when the Steelers don't do what I want them to do, which is often. But uh, at the same time, I would feel a lot worse about this. I'd be pissed off if they made this announcement like four or five weeks ago before the offense started to get better and clearly start to develop some type of ke- some type of chemistry. You can't watch the last six, seven, eight games and, and say to yourself, this offense has done nothing good. It hasn't gotten better at all. And I was right there with the people. I was right there with the angry mob. I had my torch had the most fire on it. I was ready to get Canada out of here uh, after week four or five because I felt like they just focused too much on things that weren't going to help the offense, i.e. I- the quarterback competition that didn't need to be. Um not throwing the ball to George Pickens. There, there's a whole lot of things that were going on early in the year that I was piling on Canada for, but you can't deny that the offense got better throughout the end of the season. And I, it, it's funny looking back because I said on this show, I was like about four weeks ago, I was like, man, I don't not want the offense to do well. I obviously want Kenny to get better, but we're kind of in a catch 22 here that if the offense does get better and Kenny gets better and the offense gets better and the offensive line gets better and George Pickens plays more, we're probably going to end up possibly with Matt Canada coming back. <laughs> and I, I didn't mean to do that to the people. I, I feel bad if that was my doing, but the, at the same time, I, I, I see where the Steelers are coming from. I think it isn't the same old, Oh, they're being complacent. They're sticking with Randy Feekner for another year, Fickner, whatever. I, I think they're sticking with Canada because of the way the season ended out. It, it, I don't think it, it's as simple as like, Oh, it's they're stuck in their ways. They don't want to make change believe it. I think if the Steelers would have sucked at the end of the year or the last two, three games, I think Canada would have a ticket to Thailand right now to hang out with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. But <laughs> truth of the matter is the, the offense got better and Kenny got better in the line. I already said all that. Like, so, so all these facets on the offense got better and it's hard to give Canada so much blame and not give them any credit whatsoever. And I, and we're huge Kenny guys on this show, but like, I mean, man, everybody hates the jet sweep until it works to seal the game versus the Raiders. Am I right? And you give it to Connor Hayward and he goes for 20 yards. And I've been outspoken about the jet sweep. I think it could work a lot better if they would fake it more, but they they, they give it all the time. But I think that can be refined. Point is, people love to bitch, and I understand that it's sports, but it's really easy to dismiss the times where Canada's made the right call and the offense has done the right thing. Or, again, big Kenny guys – Kenny's missed some guys down the field. He has like, that's, that's one critique that I have a hard time arguing with people or defending because there were times that during the season, uh, particularly the middle part where he was a little gun shy with the concussions and just the losing streak. And he got more comfortable as the season went on, which is what I'm trying to explain. So I, I understand people are going to be mad. I'm for bringing in a new offensive hip young mind, but at the same time you have to see, the positives that there are and letting Kenny stay with Canada and letting him grow because really how Kenny finished and how the offense finished. Yeah. And I had brought this up before too. Number one, I think, I think we need to preface a little bit of this. There's people with their heads exploding now 
looking at us on screen or listening wherever they may be. And oh, thank absolutely, you for supporting dude. Us. It's, it's so par for the course. Well, there's yeah. Flash again being all positive and seeing the good in things. It's like, dude, I, I this is this is rare. Like I I would be with the mob, like I said, but I just I, I do see the lone positives and I want the Steelers to be good like so bad. I, I'm a very selfish fan. I want the Steelers to be good. So if I thought Canada deserved to be fired after the last few games, I would be very vocal right now, being like this is the wrong choice, but I, I, I'm not seeing it that way currently. Uh, and I'm not going to necessarily go out on a limb and defend the guy. Like, exactly. Do I, do I think that they could uh, do better? Absolutely. Uh, do I think they could do worse? Absolutely. Uh, and the other thing was just the patience factor of it. And there were folks that were just, they were jumping all over up and down. They wanted it announced almost immediately. When's this going to be announced? And then it's like this little, like, light shines through like over the weekend that says that the Steelers are anticipating. Well, everyone's anticipating Byron Lefwich getting fired in Tampa Bay, who was a very hot commodity to maybe even take a head coaching post just the year before went before Tampa. It was supposed to be Jacksonville before yeah. Peterson got the gig. There was rumors he was going to be uh, Jacksonville's head coach. Yes. Yes. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, Oh, that's why the Steelers are waiting. It's like, yeah, that's why they don't operate like everyone else, you know, no knee jerk reactions, you know? And by the way, Brian Flores, of course, did not get hired. Uh, good luck Cleveland Browns with Jim Schwartz. I'm sure he's the answer for all of your problems. So, oh, yeah, he's got a long, successful career. I mean, he, he's with the Eagles, I guess, for that one year, but yeah. Yeah, he was with the Browns a long time He's more bust than boom. He was on Bill Belichick's staff back, um, what is that? Is that the 95 season they did the football life on with the Browns? And they talk oh, about- Oh, Schwartz was. Yeah, yeah. They always say, oh, you know, okay. there's something too to be said. Like people are, oh, people aren't beating down the door to talk to- any of Mike Tomlin's staff, you know what I mean? Uh, what's with his coaching tree? And outside of like a handful of coaches' lifetime, you know, are there a whole bunch? I know, I know somebody will pull one rabbit out of a hat, but Bill Belichick's coaching tree is just full of dead branches. Like you got like Joe Judge, you got Matt Patricia, uh, you know, Charlie Weiss, who I love listening to on the radio, like. He went elsewhere and in the college ranks. Romeo Cornell, Bill O'Brien. Andy like, Reid's really only got uh, yeah. Harbaugh, who was yeah. a special teams coach for him. And 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 that's the thing with Harbaugh too is like who came off of uh, who's come off of John Harbaugh's tree necessarily. You know what I mean? Cower Cower's had guys the same way Tomlin has that were already established dudes like a Dick LeBeau and a Dom Capers and stuff Arians. like that. Uh, Arians. Yeah. I mean, and they used to hire people like Kevin Gilbride that were also Rands as offensive coordinators and stuff like that too. Chan Gailey. And there, there's been some horror stories with that as well. So people that are like too young to remember when the Steelers have actually had a losing season <laughs> is just, <Me>. um, <laughs> yeah, I meant to You're put, talking about me. I meant to put that in, in, in here on our little, uh, on our little topics thing. Cause I was going to say, um, <laughs> the standard, you know what I mean? What does the standard mean to you and whatever? And people just don't follow the thing with Matt Canada. It's, it's one of two things. Number one, there wasn't a full off season with Canada and Kenny Pickett. Yeah, we've said this a billion times, go back and listen before, but Kenny was QB. It's QB three. There were a lot of people that were mixed in like Calvin Austin, Anthony Miller, who just got re-signed. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a few too. 
But now you'll have a full off season where Kenny is just QB one. And maybe they don't do this half-assed or whatever. People want to blame, oh, quarterback competition. It should have been a better, there was a real quarterback competition. And maybe they would have won some of these games. Maybe they would have been in the playoffs. But then you bitch and complain that Tomlin hasn't won any playoff games too. And now people are starting to come around the Harbaugh. Uh, one win in eight seasons, two and 10 since he last won the Super Bowl. When it comes to playoff wins, we talked about Andy Reid only having one and nine between the Eagles and the chiefs, nine consecutive years uh, until Mahomes comes along. So, uh, you know, a lot of this is just teams having patience. And do you think the chiefs were just sitting there with their playoff appearances or, or just making it or winning the division or sliding into wild card? No, they weren't content with that. I'm sure Mike Tomlin isn't content with that, but do, these ownership groups, uh, legendary teams, you know what I'm talking about? Like the Chiefs and the Steelers. And unfortunately, the Giants fell off the cliff there. But the Packers, for example, the way these teams have managed and operated it is a standard of consistency. It's very difficult to win in the NFL. So when you say somebody hasn't had a losing season, okay, that is a standard. They say, well, the standards, the standard's been lowered. The standard used to be excellence. It's like, do you not realize this team's in a rebuild? If this were any other franchise, they would have won two or three games, maybe. This would have been mishandled. Maybe Kenny Pickett's out of the league already. Like any number of things. So it absolutely drives me crazy. People especially their mortgages on Tomlin having his first losing season after the first four weeks. Like it was it was done. There was no if it was it was settled. It was like he will have his first losing season now. We're we're witnessing it live time. And spoiler alert, it's not what happened. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I was going to throw in those numbers. Once again, the Steelers offense last nine games, which is after the bye week, starting with the Saints, with uh, the Bengals, Colts, Falcons, Ravens, Panthers, Raiders, Ravens, and Browns. I know that's necessarily a gauntlet of uh, upper tier, upper echelon teams, but you're still doing this with a rookie quarterback going seven and two should have been eight and one averaging almost 21 points per game. Whereas in the beginning where you had Mitch Trubisky, where we knew he wasn't a guy that was going to throw multiple TD passes and uh, put up a lot of flashy offensive uh, statistics, 15 points per game. And they finally, they were scoring at least 20 or close to it in several of these games. And I know folks don't necessarily like, playing it close to the vest, but did you see, did you see the postseason games? And there, that's where people are wanting to say, um, situational football. Yeah. Situational it, football. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we talk about like running the football and, and things of that nature. And that's where we get to like, folks are saying whether or not the Steelers were better than some of the teams that ended up playing in the postseason. And could they compete with some of these teams? And that's what we'll talk about the playoff offenses in a second. But let's just take it at the the baseline here. The baseline being, you, you certainly thought that the Steelers might have been better than the Dolphins who squeaked in with a three nine to 6 win over the Jets, which is good enough to win. Which, by the way, the Steelers' defense was holding people to far fewer points, too. I should point out, the beginning of the season, it was 24.6 points per game versus 16.5. So about 8 points fewer per yeah. game and that's enough to win 16 and a half when the offense is scoring what did i say 20 yeah oh it's about 21 20.8 so yeah you might keep it close to the vest but you're looking at you were looking at hey who's better uh really gonna be certainly better than the dolphins and you saw what the dolphins did as a divisional opponent with the buffalo bills on the road third string quarterback and all of a sudden it got thrown into coaching now 
And it's like, man, people just want to pick and choose what they want to complain about. It's like if if you if they would have made the playoffs and then they would have got smoked by one of these teams and they would still be complaining. So I don't understand what it is that they actually want other than a Super Bowl trophy that one team gets to hold. And everybody's in the race for Sean Payton right now who's won one in like 15 years with the Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees and then yada, yada, yada. We can go down the line with that. But I look at some of the teams. I'm like, did you think? Do you think that the Steelers would have had about the same success as the Dolphins against the Bills, especially with Josh Allen and the turnovers and the aggressive offense and stuff? Or anybody else? I think, I think seeing them like a, a second time in one season might have helped. Might have might have helped that the offense was gelling a lot more. I, mean, I don't know if we would have won, but yeah, I think based off of what Skylar Thompson was able to do, I think the Steelers could have put up a fight. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, not necessarily looking at like the NFC teams, uh, because they wouldn't have played the NFC teams. Uh, but I, I you know, I, I, t- I said that the Vikings were pretenders and we saw the giants beat them and somebody made a smart ass comment about like, however many wins that the giants had or not the giants, the Vikings, what were they? 12 win, 13 team, like worse, whatever win team. And they were trying to slight the Steelers, you know, who actually lost, you know, Bud Dupree and, and uh, pre-injury Devin Bush actually wasn't a bad inside linebacker, a whole different in a COVID year where, you know, Joe Hayden didn't play those last two games against the Cleveland Browns the last week. And then into the playoffs, you think that made a big difference on having three of your major defensive starters, uh, stuff like that. Just, it just irks me, but uh, the Bengals and Ravens, look what the Ravens did with the Bengals with. Dude, I'm Huntley. telling you that, that uh, that's bangling at its finest. Only it flipped in their favor for a change. Yeah. I had this thought, like I, I, I was rooting for the Ravens. Um, just because like there's that weird respecting with the Ravens always like, Oh, the Ravens and Steelers is a respect there. Almost like a brother, like it's your brother, but like your evil brother, you know, um, depending on which side of the coin you, you want to be on there, uh, evil or good. But the Bengals are just like, they're, they're scum, dude. Like the Bengals are so hard to respect. Just the, the hatred is, is, is deep with the Bengals, but not because I'm ever worried about the Bengals, it's just because of how they act and how they've carried themselves as a franchise they um they're hard to watch on my tv screen and i also bet on the ravens but i I was rooting for the ravens to win the game at the same time when sam hubbard took that fumble back 100 yards and he scored um i thought to myself man this is like the Bengals finally getting like some kind of payback or like like uh compensation uh, for what happened to them versus Steelers in the playoffs and other teams because they've always been known to just make stupid decisions and lose the game that they had every right to win until the last like two minutes. So this was their payback, like from the football gods. And the Steelers didn't even have to pay it. The Ravens paid for it. So we just had to sit back and watch it all. Everything cancels each other itself out. So now if we ever meet the Bengals in the playoffs, which I'm sure will happen with Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett's young careers, now we won't have to worry about that whole the pendulum of karma swinging back because it already swung back and it hit the Ravens in the ass, not the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one would be the Chargers and Jaguars. And people were already talking about Brandon Staley getting canned. And we were already making fun of the Chargers before this. And saying like, geez, they had Drew Brees with like Marty Schottenheimer. And then I don't know, they've had like about five coaches. The Schottenheimer thing to this day is nuts to to fire your head coach after being in the championship game that, that, that remains unseen. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, uh, give me one second. Cause I was actually going to pull it up just so, uh, maybe John Fox. 
did he get fired after losing the Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, his time was up, so like that, that's kind of different. But uh, Sean and I were yeah. still, like, I felt like, had some in the tank when they did that to him back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they had lost a divisional game, uh, then the conference game. Oh, yeah, it was uh, North Turner had a lot yeah. of success there, and that was the, the Danian Tomlinson times and, and stuff like that. He Marty, I remember. Yeah, but, I mean, you're looking at Schottenheimer, and then, uh, you know, um, yeah, Schottenheimer had Drew Brees for about four years here before he became, like, probably one of the his, biggest his free agents deal. ever. Yeah, his rookie deal, and, they, I mean, they made the postseason just the once and lost the wild card game. Then they went and got Phillip Rivers, and they had Rivers forever, and they had North Turner, uh, Mike McCoy. Yeah, Young Rivers was funny in Madden, dude. He had a visor on. He, can't, he came to the NFL with a visor. People forget that about Rivers, but he wore one, I'm pretty sure, for his whole rookie season, too. Yeah, but, you know, Mike McCoy... Uh, Anthony Lynn and then Brandon Staley is only in his second year and they're ready to can this guy already. And that was through Rivers and then Herbert. And it, they always seem to have, they've had Tomlinson, uh, Ryan Matthews, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler had like the most touchdowns in the league. And everybody was picking this team to like win the Super Bowl in the, in the preseason. That happens and, every year. Yeah. And, and, it's just like, it's one of those things where again, jumping back to like the standard and are the Steelers better in certain teams? that just would you rather be a fan of that team that ha they don't have a chip they don't even have an appearance in the big game the confetti game i like that that's got to be used from now on forever and oh yeah i've always liked just, that term too it just sounds like so much fun the yeah confetti it, game. unless you lose you don't want it like, get this off me you know what i mean <laughs> like i'd be i'd be kicking babies and like spiders fall from the ceiling yeah like, it's indiana jones with the snakes um but the jaguars i mean Trevor Lawrence throws four picks. Like, what would the Steelers have done with that? Would the Steelers have blown, like, the third worst playoff lead ever, like, the way the Chargers did? Or would they have made more of it? Or would the Steelers have been in the other position and came back and won that? So I got credit, credit to Peterson for sticking with Trevor yeah. Lawrence because a lot of coaches could have sat him down after the four picks, even though they were early in the game. Um, but I, I was happy for the Jaguars for sure because uh, – this isn't anything crazy. A lot of people thought he was going to be sick. I mean, he was the number one overall pick, but I definitely was a Trevor Lawrence believer. Uh, it was awesome to see him like grow this year and finally get some kind of like shine and like reach a good portion of his potential, I think. And uh, to see him come back the way he did, I mean, that was an awesome finish. I, I think everybody had a sneaking suspicion once the Jaguars scored their first touchdown that the Chargers might let him back in it. I didn't know if everybody thought they would lose the game. I certainly didn't think they would lose outright, but you you could feel it. You you could feel it as uh, halftime started that like there was there was concern on people's mind whether you were a Chargers fan or not that the Jaguars were going to be let into this game. And the big part of that is because of Trevor Lawrence and them sticking with Trevor Lawrence. I would have loved to have. I should have done this, but this is poor podcasting. I should have looked up a bunch of tweets from the Jaguars game like before oh. the the tide turned because I'm sure there were definitely some diehard. Jaguar Yinzers being like, I knew what this kid, I knew he didn't have it. Hey. I knew it. This kid's a bust. We got to go for CJ Stroud, Bryce Young next year, trade Trevor Lawrence while we can. Like, you name it. You know that was going around as he threw those four. Not only that, there was that dude to place the like, what, $1.4 million bet or whatever oh, on the God, Chargers. Dude. And only came around with like, 
Yeah, I, that's I such a good lesson because I've up. had that thought watching a game, being like, okay, the odds are pretty like heavy in this favor, but if I throw a hundred, I'd win like thirty bucks, and that's that's a good lesson to not do that. Because, especially, I mean, he actually it was only going to lay back. like gets, eleven thousand dollars or something like that, wasn't it? He would have won like eleven, yeah, one thousand like four hundred. I think I would never have done that actually looking back because it was the Chargers, man, of any team <laughs> to put that bet on. Don't put it on the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Torturing. Have you ever heard of that? That that's a thing. Bolting. <laughs> <laughs> and they bolted. Um, but no, that's it. That's kind of where I was at with this as far as the teams that were better. Uh, what teams can we certainly say all of these teams were better? Uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, let's put it this way. Do you think the Chargers would have put up 30 points on the Steelers? Do you think the Jaguars would have put 31 on the Steelers? Do Not the way the defense finished out. The Dolphins, 31. The Bills, 34. That's just because they played before, but that was without TJ Watt. Some moving Bills parts. Bills is a tough first start. Tough so call. I, I'm not going to shoot my shot there necessarily and say, oh, well, definitely for sure. But 24 with the Bengals, too. Like, I think that would have been a pretty back and forth. And now the Bengals. 17 too. from their offense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's another point. That's another point to be told, too, is that people were like, oh, yeah, look, Dolphins put up like 31 points. I'm like, they had a defensive score. They had how many field goals and you're trying to make a case against Matt Canada based on the defense scoring. Those weren't offensive points they, they, yeah. as a, as a collective, they scored that much. Did you forget TJ Watt was like the only person who scored for the Steelers in the first quarter wildcard game against the chiefs last year? Like, Oh, but is that, do you give Matt Canada credit for that then? You know what I mean? It's uh, it, there was Mark Madden of all people that I, we know I don't like. He made, he had a tweet about something like this. He tweets so damn much. Let's see if I could actually find it. Uh, but he made Don't an excellent, all. he that's made an game. excellent that's a content game. You know what? I, I, I have been limiting a little bit of my social media. Not, not a whole lot, but I've been a um, big, uh, mute this conversation guy lately because not to brag, but I, I've got so many followers now these days that like I tweet anything about any kind of opinion towards, you know, uh, Matt Canada or the draft needs of the team or Lamar Jackson, there there's somebody in there that wants these hands that they, <sighs> they want to argue about what I said. It, it, Lamar Jackson. Never fails. Oh, geez, man. So just... like, so I just, if I put something out there that is even like on the line, like controversial, I mute the conversation almost right away. And then I'll go back and check like later, if it has a bunch of traction, I'll like go through comments if I'm bored, but that that's how the pros do it, dude. Cause you can't be, you can't be getting bombarded with like, oh, you really think that? Oh, this is what I think. And this is why you're dumb. And I'm smart. Like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> you dummy. You great big dummy. Here it is. I can't believe I'm actually going to do this. Uh, when the Steelers offense improves next year, because Pickett does, Canada will get no credit. It, it'll be all Pickett, Tomlin, Pickens, O-line, blah, blah, blah. Everything bad is Canada. Everything good isn't. Um, no Canada fan. Wait, wait, wait. He started that tweet with when the Steelers offense is good because because Pickett improves, he'll get no credit. He literally yeah. started that tweet with because the offense will be better because of Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Canada will get no credit. Yeah, and he says, I'm I'm no Canada fan. I'd have let him go, but the BS is just too thick. And that gets us into uh our next Listen, I said I said during my rant that I I I preferenced it by saying we're big Kenny guys here, but there were definitely throws that Kenny didn't look to make at certain parts during the season. You know, I'm, I'm all in on Kenny, but it wasn't all Matt Canada. It wasn't all Kenny. It wasn't all Mitch. 
as much as it pains me to say that, but it, it was like there, there were different things. Sometimes it was the offensive line. Like it wasn't all Matt Canada, man. So like, I'm not part of that group that he's talking about. Cause I definitely will dish the blame around. I, I try to do it as much as possible with like the, the platform that I've been given. I try not to be all like Kenny's flawless. He can do no wrong. He made plenty of mistakes. And I said, week one that I expected that. Yeah. And talking about that too, is the playoff offenses. And that was, you know, I was talking about the defense and would they have scored as many points, but with the, like, I think that's part of it. Like, I, I don't see, like, I don't see the dolphins with Skylar Thompson, like doing this kind of thing with TJ Watt breathing down his neck. And I don't see, um, in Trevor Lawrence, yeah, like the Minka all pro and, you know, it's just, there's so many things to it where people are, they're all over the board. Like, didn't they just fire their OC? The chargers did like after, yeah, after yeah, uh, Lombardi. yeah, yeah, Joe Lombardi. And, um, uh, the, the, after Eckler just scored like the most points and this and that, and it's like, wow, that's going to be really good for Herbert there too. You know what I mean? And good for Jacksonville to come back and 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 do all of that, but I, I just look now the Steelers wouldn't have played any of them. It would have been the Bills for sure. But there, you never know. You go into the next date. Let's say they went into Buffalo and actually pulled off an upset, right? Then uh, who do they end up facing next? Probably the Chiefs, right? Then they got to go to Kansas City because they would have been the seventh seed. But yeah, that's, yeah it would have been a tough hill to climb. That would have been a tough hill to climb. So, I mean, based on that, but if they would have ended up in the Ravens spot, if Trubisky wouldn't have threw those picks and they would have been in the six, they could have certainly beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. And then they would have been uh, playing the Jaguars in Jacksonville, like, that is doable stuff, man. They you would have had you would have had a decent amount, I think. Steelers fans would have probably made it. Cincinnati was a hot ticket, no doubt. They're excited about their team. They went 30 years without a playoff win. Jacksonville's went without forever without having any sort of uh winning seasons or anything like that. It could always be worse. I always point out like I've been pointing out like the Texans, the uh, the Browns too. You gotta throw them in there, but like the Lions, the Jets, the Dolphins haven't I still don't think they've won a playoff game since Marino's left. Uh, uh, certainly uh, only been in a couple of them there. So there's a lot of teams. I mean, the Jets finally got, or the Giants finally got in there. And there, there's other fan bases, the Raiders, that have just been, you want to talk about real mediocrity. You want to say the standards mediocrity. No, there are definitely more mediocre teams that are out there. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say the playoff offenses, would they have been better than the Steelers? I wouldn't say that the Steelers were necessarily lighting the world on fire. But with the way the defense would have been playing and with the opportunities that might have been given to the Steelers offense with maybe some short fields and that, I think they could have hung in there in all of these games, to be completely honest, even with the Bills, because the Bills just didn't go out there and smoke the Dolphins like everyone thought. The only thing that's in the back of my head is, yeah, they played once already before and and the Steelers did get housed. But the other part of that, too, is, is that divisional game familiarity having to beat a team a third time those are difficult things beating them a second time something let alone a third time so uh i'm just gonna leave that at that (laughs) because uh we should well you know what i got one more for you here and that's going to be who uh who did you think were the uh biggest surprises uh, for wildcard weekend, were you surprised by any of these outcomes? I think most of it was pretty straightforward. I was probably myself most surprised that the Ravens hung in there as tough as they did. 
with Snoop Huntley. I wasn't surprised by the Giants. I think the Dolphins were a big surprise too. I wanted the Jaguars to win, man. I thought the Jaguars were going to win and I was surprised. I think all of these games were good, if not great for the most part. The only one that really stunk was the Cowboys and Buccaneers. And you kind of had that sense that, man, Tom Brady, you know, the the bloom's coming off the rose. So were you, what were you surprised with? By the time the Bucks game kicked off Monday night. So what's by that? about halftime, I was in bed, you know, ready. <laughs> I, I didn't even, what's up? Oh, I was saying, what was that? I didn't catch the beginning part of what you said. You were drunk. Or... Yeah, oh, well, for the Buccaneers game, I didn't even catch that much of it because after like <laughs> halftime, I was in bed asleep. So thankfully I didn't miss out on a whole lot there. Uh, that was probably the least surprising thing was that the Buccaneers got blown out basically by the Cowboys. I, I, I'm one of the idiots that knew that all year, and I talked myself into Tom Brady in the playoffs. So that that is the biggest non-surprise of the playoffs, I think, was that the Buccaneers truly did suck. We should have known when we beat them with our dual quarterback system that game. But the biggest surprises for me, I know you said they weren't a surprise for you, uh, but the Giants, for sure. I, I'm uh, very happy for the Giants. They're fun to watch, dude. I, I like their vibe. I really like how Danny Dimes has progressed because um, he's really good for my athletic quarterback narrative. And <laughs> there's something about getting a guy the right coaching because I don't think Daniel Jones is at a point in his career right now, or he may never be where he's going to give you 300 plus passing yards a week, but mid two hundreds, low two hundreds and running for like 50 plus that's, that's a QB one that I think it's safe to say um, they're, they're going to roll with Daniel Jones for the foreseeable future. Now, as long as he stays healthy and, continues this upward trajectory i was uh pleasantly surprised with what i saw from the giants i i had suspicions that the vikings may lose that game uh, a lot of this weekend was chalk meaning a lot of the favorites ended up winning and the, the vikings defense is, is terrible so i don't remember if the vikings were favored or not but it had to be a, a close spread because the giants were viewed as like you know the, the underdog of the playoffs really and the vikings most people knew their defense was terrible so the the giants performance the dolphins performance versus the bills absolutely surprised me uh how they were able to hang in the game for a long time and uh the Bengals struggling honestly i i i think the Bengals are a good team uh on paper and on the field but what the ravens were able to do as divisional um but hang with them the whole time and they probably would have won the game if that fumble at the goal line didn't happen they, they probably would have won yeah it was uh, the last so, score of the game that was the deciding factor and it yeah, still went dude, up to the, the wire the, the Bengals definitely surprised me just with how underwhelming they were. Like um, they were able to get the win. Good for them. But I'd be concerned if I was them about how they're going to do the rest of the playoffs. It's tough though, because it, it's a division game. So it, it's tough because your division rival does know you better. They play you better. The Ravens play everybody hard. I hate them so much. So those, <laughs> the, those are my uh, surprises. If, if I had to like try to zero in on them, because everything else seemed like not predictable, but just about how people expected it to go. Yeah, I hear you there. We got to take a short pause here and remind some some of you out there that uh, the Steel City Underground podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Those uh, precision-made tools for the family jewels, which now has a brand, brand new uh, addition to the lineup. And so a happy new year from our friends over at Manscaped. Because the ball is officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop your... 
<laughs> drop the ball on your balls in 2023. You haven't heard this read yet, have you? <laughs> no, man, my first time going in wrong. I'll give you the full one, even though it's the same thing. But whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below the waist grooming have you covered for your much needed resolution of bringing sexy back, which we all know I'm trying to do. Matt Canada is trying to do that too. In fact, Matt Canada might be, um, he might be in line for one of the new products here that is the Beard Hedger. So uh, you got to check this out. This just came out yesterday and they still have the performance package, but now you've got a couple of other packages that are available over at Manscaped. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up uh, for after your New Year's gym sessions. So you know, after you get sweaty and everything else, get one of these going and uh, you can manscape yourself and everything else uh, for 20% off using the promo code SteelCity20. So put that up on the screen. So check that out over at manscaped.com. That also gets you some free shipping. Let us have a toast for a new year, new you, and a new you with no pubes. And if you have the facial pubes that are going on... <laughs> Uh, you definitely have to check out all everything that they have. They have the they have the try out Manscapes wet goods. They have the ultra uh, premium body wash, two in one shampoo, body deodorant, just everything, man. They're they're loaded, and I'm they're very awesome. excited. I, I know the beard hedgers on its way. I don't quite have the same uh, kind of thing going on that uh, we all got something. You know what I mean? So I got to keep this in line, keep it tamed. I know Brian looks like like a wild animal. At times, and you know, yeah, you've dude, got I, to... I, trim, I trim mine all the time. I try to keep it like going this way. You know, I, I got I got an electric trimmer myself, thanks to Manscaped. <laughs> Use that almost eh, not every day, but like every other day, just about because my hair grows fast, man. Like on my face, my nails, my head, everywhere. It just, I'm like a, a mini Bigfoot, little foot <laughs> like from uh, Land Before Time. <laughs> oh man, it, you know, you're gonna make me go there now. It's like. Well, anyways, uh, once again, promo code SteelCity20, 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Land Before Time, man. You just had to go there. That is one I of the most. Land Before Time. It's a traumatizing movie for a small child, is it not? Oh, uh, it's nowhere like, near as bad as Homeward Bound. Oh, you know, there's a lot of them, though. Bambi, like everything is just like, you know. Your parents kids... die. Get over it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, like what yeah. they try to tell you. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, it, it's, it's awful. It is awful. And then like you go in a, a, another direction with this. So you made me forget what I was thinking of now. That's just. <laughs> I, um, I, st I still oh. tear up when Mufasa goes down, dude. That, that's oh, one of the hardest yeah, things to watch. You know it's coming. That's tough too. But the, 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 the shows, the, the cartoons, my kid, my kid had to be introduced to Wile E. Coyote. It's because Wile E. Coyote was just like maybe too much senseless violence. They have them on YouTube, like Warner Brothers or whatever. Uh, yeah, Looney Tunes uh, is the Warner Brothers uh, side of business. So yeah. you, you could find them out there. And it was just like, oh, my God, these things are great. You know what I mean? Why why aren't these just like on regular TV everywhere? Because they just think all of the Acme, you know, because you never know. Maybe Amazon does have like a Roadrunner hunting kit or, you know, industrial size rubber band that some kid's going to try something goofy with. But I doubt they have the Acme products that were there. I was always a fan. Maybe that's why I'm always like with the underdogs. Like I was always like, get, get that jerk, that bird. Like just get <laughs> How do you it. Remember the bad guys? Yeah. You I'm Sylvester to get Tweety. 
<laughs> no, no, just Wiley. Like, and I did never understand the Tasmanian devil. Not that anybody could, but it was just like, I don't get this guy. Like, just settle down, man. Just calm down. Like those Yenzers that are out there. Um, you know. Just, oh yeah, no, I was I was a big Taz guy. Love uh, I love Bugs. I, I'm an original kind of fan. I, I love Bugs. He he was the star of the show. Tom and Jerry too, but I don't know. Are they Warner Brothers? They're not Looney Tunes. Tom and Jerry. They might be Warner Brothers. I don't know if they originally were. I, I, anything that's not owned by Disney probably will be soon enough. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just, wow, they just uh, just everything. They're trying to ruin Scooby Doo. Uh, they're trying to do all kinds of stuff. Like I don't know. They've got uh, they switched CEOs, so we'll see what they end up doing. Now I I I gotta give. I, I'm so far behind on shows, but I did catch the Mandalorian trailer that came out, and I'm just like, okay. I'm I'm down with this. This is there we go. Yeah, the the, the whole uh, the I'm a Star Wars guy. Like I didn't hate everything that was out there, but anyways, ju- jumping back on, jumping back on the case here, unintended. Um, with with the Scooby Doo stuff, I was never a big Scooby Doo guy though. I hate to say that. So oh no, just, dude. I watched some of it. I just uh, that wasn't my thing. I, Wiley Coyote, man. All about Wiley Coyote. But anyways. Uh, one reason I don't know, I had this on, on our to-do list and I think it's just because people are stupid. Uh, the Chase Claypool trade did not net the Steelers, the number one overall pick in the draft. <laughs> not that our listeners or viewers would need to know that, but so everyone saying, saying that. I wonder if I'm confusing people saying we have two first round picks. I mean, we technically do. It's a 32nd pick. Yeah, but it is the first pick of the second round. Second round. Yeah, yeah, because the uh, Miami Dolphins, because they wanted to try and they, they, they can maybe they are still in the Tom Brady sweepstakes now. Don't make the yeah. same mistake too early now. But they were tampering with him before the legal tampering period had begun. And they had to forfeit a first round pick, which is that's a pretty steep price, if you ask me. So uh, great time to be a Steeler fan. Yeah. So just uh, it's always confusing because you go to these different sites like I'm a tankathon, which I love the name because it just insinuates that teams are tanking to get certain playoff picks, but the, they have the accurate order here and they have the forfeit at pick 21 with Miami. Uh, so Miami would have picked 21st Steelers are at 17 and then the Steelers, uh, let's see, you got to pull up the full order to get it. Um, are actually pick 33 if they keep the original picks as is, but it is essentially it's 33 minus one and 32, but 32 is still, uh, that will be the top of the second round. So it won't be a first round pick, but it may be a first round talent. And they may actually get three first round talents the way that this is shaking out because the Steelers have three of the top 50 picks. So they cool. have, yeah, pick 17. I love it. 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 17, 33, 50. And then when you boomerang back around here into. And we the took our quarterback last quarterback. year. Yeah, no and that's what makes it. Pick, up. Yeah, pick pick eighty one as well. So what's uh, that? Our, our our third. Uh, that would be the third rounder. I I haven't seen. I don't know. Um, they have some asterisks here. I wonder if those. I wonder if those are in play with like coaching hires and things like that that they're now doing, like Rooney Rule type mm-hmm. stuff. Might mm-hmm. be there. Still going to be some compensatory picks that are going to be thrown into this formula. Trying to think that the Steelers really lose anybody that they didn't sign someone equal of. I think signing like James Daniels uh, and Flores, right? Did. Oh, that might be a good point. That, yeah. I heard that. I heard that on uh, Twitter. If they lost him, we'd get like a maybe a third or fourth. Yeah, but that didn't happen. So I'm just yeah. trying to think because usually, you know, the Steelers are somewhere in this compensatory pick formula. Um, uh, what about uh, Sutton? He's probably our biggest free agent, right? Well, no, it would have been. 
Yeah, right now, but I'm talking about from the year before. So, I mean, they uh, signed, uh, like, yeah, they, so they signed, I don't think Mason Cole was that big of a contract, but James Daniels was definitely a pretty decent-sized contract. Ogunjobi wouldn't have factored in because it was much later. Uh, so there's a certain date where that cuts off. That's why, like, the Steelers, or not the Steelers, but the Ravens signed Alejandro Villanueva when they did last year. It was like as soon as that day was over, a bunch of free agents that had been sitting there just biding their time to join a new team they ended up um, they ended up signing with teams because they no longer factored against that compensatory formula. So I got I'm scratching my noggin here because I'm really trying to think who that they may have, they didn't really lose anybody big in free agency. I mean Juju left, but that wasn't much of a big contract that would balance it out. They might not have anything comp wise coming this year like they usually do in years past. So uh, really, I'm struggling. I, I can't think of anybody that they did lose like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not anybody that signed a contract somewhere else, which is part of the conditions yeah. for that. Like in years past, like Bud Dupree, Javon Hargrave, uh, Mike Hilton, guys like that yeah. that leave, that, and then you don't replace them with a, with a comparable signing. It doesn't matter position, just as you replaced one free agent with another X amount of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I don't believe so. And I got to give it like, I got to give it one more look, see, but that was, uh, that wasn't where I was really heading with that. Where I was really heading was, is that it's not a first round pick. It's still a second round pick. So you don't get all of the spoils of extending like a fifth year option or, you know, and you don't have to pay the player as much too, because there is a pay scale. That's a good thing depending on where they are. I know it's not good for the player, but it's good for the team, <laughs> you know? And then that's good when you're fans because you want to see the team improve. And in order to do that, you got to fit everything uh, underneath the uh, salary cap. So uh, I was trying to see, uh, didn't really see um, any, any major uh, losses uh, when it came to there's undrafted free agents, uh, I, I'm going to have to go back and ra- I'm racking my brain on it because I can't think of anybody where the Steelers outside of Juju, Juju is like the only guy I could think of, you know, you have players that come and go, but that was really the player. Nobody really went and signed somewhere off of last year's roster because it was kind of carved apart from the year where the salary cap dropped, but that's where everybody's trying to figure out some different things. They have some carryover money that was just published a little bit ago. I, I wanted to say it was like in that, what did I say? Seven, $9 million range. Maybe uh, there's some projected ideas. There's no official salary cap that's been named just yet on how high it'll be. There's some projections with that. And of course there's a couple of moves they can make. They could always shuffle some money around maybe uh, depending on like some of these contracts that they just gave out, restructure some guys. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky is due uh, about $10 million and they could save eight if he is released. And it's like, Adios, dude. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> I could see the Steelers anywhere, anywhere in the ballpark from 17 to 30 million, believe it or not. It really depends on what the cap is called, what the cap is. The rollover is part of that. And you're not going to be able to spend all the way up to that because they're still going to need money in order to sign their rookies. They're going to need money in order to um, sign players in season if somebody gets hurt street free agents and whatnot. It's not a ton of cash, you know, but you think of like a guy like a Josh Jackson, for example probably making 700,000, 800,000 or something like that. So they, they got to have a little bit of money uh, sitting on the side there, but really um, I did, I, I can't think of any key losses there. That kind of jumps us over to uh, our, our next topic of discussion. And that would be 
I hate getting into this because I think some of this will be addressed in free agency, but I'm seeing a lot of stuff with the biggest draft needs. And you know where I'm going with this. Again, Joey Porter Jr. It will immediately be a stealer. It reminds me of Willie Gay, like Willie Gay's uh, boy that plays for the Chiefs, you know? That's and, not his son. Or it's not his son. What is it? Cousin or somebody like that. But there was a bloodline. Like it was the I same didn't even know name. they were related. I thought they were related. I got no clue on that. Oh, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Anybody who's played for the Steelers, really, if it was like Hardy Nickerson's kid or somebody like that, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But yeah, but Jay Portier is good. What's that? He's good, though. Yeah, but we still don't know. <laughs> look, 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 look. Everybody's insinuating the Steelers are going to take him number one because of name value, bloodlines. It's the same thing with the Tremaine Edmonds stuff we were talking about. We don't even know if Tremaine Edmonds will enter free agency. I was looking at Buffalo's money. They got a lot of money uh, put into Matt Milano, obviously Vaughn Miller, and it depends on who else they want to keep. It You're might be able to, yeah, they might be able to squeeze some things in there, but eventually they got to make some sacrifices after giving jo uh, Josh Allen the bag, you know? And yep. But people immediately insinuate, that Terrell Edmonds is going to recruit him to the Steelers. Terrell Edmonds isn't guaranteed to come back to the Steelers either. And there's different free agents where, okay, if they re-sign Cam Sutton, for example, and they re-sign Terrell Edmonds, and they have Levi Wallace, and they don't move uh, a Keller Witherspoon, or well, we don't know about William Jackson III. William Jackson III is eating up a pretty significant portion of that money as well uh, with the projected cap. Oh, yeah, if they keep him, he's expensive. That's a big if, though. Yeah, it's a big, it's a very big if. Uh, so what I'm getting at is, is that it's it's a little annoying. I, I'm going to pull it up from over the cap just so I'm not uh, blowing. Because right now, somebody will say, where did you get that? Where'd you get that dollar figure from? I'm not seeing that. Well, I think he's making like 13 million next year. So it's oh, a yeah. big if. Yeah, he's like in the top 10 paid. He's got like a 12.1 cap hit that could be completely completely saved if you're looking at this this is based on um this doesn't have the rollover money in it at all and i believe this is based on just a guesstimate of what the salary cap might be they're thinking in the 230 million ish range which would give the steelers 1.6 million so that's just a guess uh they still have some dead money that's on the books really sadly here stefan to it cam hayward has 22 million uh of a cap number I, he could be extended and that money kind of just kind of spread out of uh, Micah and TJ are in those top ones. People will say, well, cut Deontay Johnson, not so fast. Uh, they would actually take a negative 10 and a half. He ain't go, or I'm sorry, that was Micah's uh, 4.6 is the savings. And that's not going to happen real quick. Chooks isn't going anywhere. But like I said, William Jackson, the third, 12.1 miles. Jack, was he the answer? $8 million savings. If something isn't done there, um, James Daniels is there. He'll be fine. Mitchell Trubisky, eight million if he's released. Akilah Witherspoon, four if he's released. The same with Levi Wallace. So, other than that, the rest of it is kind of just like digging for change in your couch. So, there's a couple of names there where they'll massage and move this around. I don't anticipate uh, William Jackson. I don't anticipate the Steelers having that full twelve hit, and then they had that carryover money as well. I'm gonna go try and look that up. So. Keeping that in mind, they would have more than enough corners on the roster if they stand pat right now. And they brought, let's say they brought Sutton back. Or let's say they bring Sutton back and they don't bring WJ3 back. I don't know. I think that's it's, when you get into an argument because I, yeah. I think Sutton's really good, but Levi Wallace is only on for one more year. 
and Witherspoon, we didn't see him all year. And when we did, he was hurt. So I, I still think with the current room, I would I would want a cornerback drafted high. Maybe. That's just me. But, but again, too, like I, I've got a couple of things too to say about that. And I'm gonna uh try and I'm gonna try and pull up my own tweets here. When it comes to the draft and when it comes to not only corners, but also tackles, the Steelers just um they don't really that's not really their style, so to speak. Yeah, well they can get them at thirty two then. At thirty two, so thirty three, second round. Thirty two. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do that. Are they just going to leave it in? And it's forfeit. Like I need to know the official. I need to know what you're doing, Goodell. Well, we'll never figure that out. We don't know what he's doing. So um, here's some of the numbers on the first round. 2016, Artie Burns became the first corner that the Steelers took in the first round in 18 years. The highest offensive tackles in the last decade, Marcus Gilbert taken with pick 63. He was a second rounder. That was 2011. And then they followed up the next year with Mike Adams with pick 56. Before that, Marvell Smith, 38 overall, year 2000. This is a team that does, doesn't, they, they don't go after tackles in the draft. Um, corner, prior to Burns, that was Chad Scott, 1997, 24th overall. And then to go to the other tackles. Jermaine, pretty high. Yeah, 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 he was. I remember I was. everybody was pretty high on, on him when he was drafted back then. Jermaine, He's good. Jermaine Stevens in 96, the year before, was a tackle taken with the 29th overall pick. 1992, pretty good dude who actually ended up, we were talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. He ended up there later. Leon Searcy, 11th overall. The only other first-round offensive tackle taken since, they're, they're the only, these are the only guys taken since 1968. Mike yeah. Taylor, 1968. Mm. You can count them on one hand. All of the All of them, corners and tackles. Mm. There is a new regime. So it makes me wonder what are the the Steelers' biggest draft needs? And I know people are really looking to tackle. I am looking at guard. Somebody asked me center. And you know how I feel about center. I don't think Mason Cole played bad at all. A lot of people felt he played way above the line. If he could continue going, great. If he could slide over to guard, doesn't mean you're going to take a center with the first round pick. You you know, three usually three centers go in the top 100. So if you want one of the top three and you feel that they're NFL starter capable and they're an upgrade over Mason Cole, you have four picks in the top 100 to maybe shoot your shot. Otherwise, I could see them going for somebody like a David DeCastro. I think the position that most needs replaced. Other than inside linebacker, <laughs> they might need one of those guys too. Uh, I, I'm looking Defensive at left. Uh, uh, I think Leal. I think it depends on Ogunjobi if they yeah, bring yeah. Ogunjobi back. I think Leal is going to be a guy there and that's a guy that they, but they, you still got to start looking down the road with Cam Hayward and how much longer he might play. Do you take a guy now? Do you think Cam's going to play at least two more seasons? Do you wait until the following season to take a guy? Cam Hayward just said three or four. Yeah. Well he could. And those positions usually lend. What's Cam now? 31. I got to look. Uh, that sounds right. That does sound right. Um, I'm going to find out. But that was kind of my point is I, I think they could even go best available. And it really depends on how free agency. Oh, geez, he's 33. For sure. 34. You know what's beautiful about that being able to go best available and having three picks in the top 50 is all three of those picks could be best player available. Yeah. And it could all be starters. And yes, they probably will be, dude. That's what I've been trying to tell people <laughs> on Twitter 
all the time already is that, dude, everybody's so hung up on the first-round pick. I can guarantee you, barring injury, picks 1, 2, and 3, 1, 32, and 50. They all are going to start or play a lot as rookies. It happens every year since 2016. The Steelers' top three picks, sometimes more, play as rookies or they start. I'm losing my voice because I get so like hyped up about the whole, like, oh, well, the first round pick, if they don't nail that, dude, I'm telling you, the second and third round pick will play as well. I, um, we have two second round picks. Yeah. And that never used to be the case, by the way. I know. Um, it's like, it's like, it really is like Bud Dupree's draft is like when it mm-hmm. started, really. It's like when the defensive players started getting out there right away. Yeah. They were rotating them in. They still had Arthur Motes. Jarvis Jones was still a part of that. Yeah. James Harrison, the ageless wonder that he was. But really, that draft where it was like Burns, Davis, and Hargrave. That that's like where it turned around. They were like Hargrave was the first defensive line starter in 30 years. Like yeah, day yeah, one, yeah, yeah. week one. Like that was as, 2016. As that's what I mean. That was like really when they were like, okay, we can just we can do this, I guess. We'll put three rookies out there if we have to. Yeah. And um, I mean, you even saw it with uh what was that? Najee, Fryermuth, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. They all started right away. Um, and then this past year with uh Kenny and Pickens and Connor well, Hayward. Leal, yeah. Leal. Always forgetting about Leal because he got hurt. Yeah, um, I know, right? And more, and more, I don't think was uh, ever intended to be the uh, like a starter from day one or whatever. But yeah. our boy Cam Hayward, thirty three, going to be thirty four in May. Uh, could he play to thirty six or thirty seven? I want to say Keys will play to thirty seven, thirty eight. He was getting up to even thirty nine. Some of the defensive linemen they'll play a little longer. It's not quite thirty seven. I think is that magic number. Mm-hmm. I and and it could it could definitely work. Offensive linemen, some of them hang in there just as long in the trenches as well. So, but you got to have that in the back of your mind. And how quick are you going to pull the trigger on an eventual replacement? You don't want to draft a guy in the first round right now and then he just he sits for three years and then he and then he's going to be in a contract year when he has to play that won't work out uh too Jordan well they'll, they'll stack it with the contracts is what Jordan love yeah yeah exactly uh that's what i was against even back when rudolph like rudolph never got his chance because ben wasn't going anywhere and i don't think cam's <laughs> going anywhere no matter what people want to read into some of his words and if it does happen i don't think he holds the team hostage or anything they'll know well and enough in advance that they can make a move for agency or otherwise and maybe they bring larry back and uh it's larry and leal and that'll be interesting to say the least okajobi's still pretty young as well i'm uh, pro, i'm pro bringing larry o back he had just good enough of a season that i don't think i don't think he'll get like 50 million on the market so we might be able to bring him back yeah and i think i think he was a little uh, banged up still. Definitely. And, yeah. He was always on the injury report. So you didn't get to see like maybe his full potential through the season. Uh, yeah. and I could definitely see him returning. He's 28. He's going to be 29 in June. Uh, he's still a young enough pup, uh, again, by defensive lineman standards. So that's not exactly where I want to go with the draft. Like I'm not, I'm not looking at either of those spots. You, you can fortify those spots, but I definitely think, and everybody just looks at Dan Moore, and we've said this enough, but I think Kevin Dotson's really, when you, we'll put it this way. The Steelers had a competition between Dotson and Kendrick Green. Yeah. For that starting spot. Kendrick mm-hmm. Green didn't get a helmet all year. He did not get a helmet. He was inactive every single game. Facts. And Facts. Your job was in jeopardy for a guy who... They weren't even like washing his jersey. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I think something's gonna happen there first. Uh, it's not to say that they won't try to improve with Dan Moore, 
you probably saw my tweet about Taylor Lewan too, who's getting up there in age. What is he like? Thirty-three. Had a couple of knee surgeries. Missed like thirty-four games in four seasons. Or something I love like Taylor Lewan, dude. Yeah, I want Taylor Lewan here. He's like me as here? a lineman. He's got the got the beard going, the tattoos, the hair. He's so fun. Does the podcast? How do you not want Taylor Lewan? Uh, because he's uh he, he's not going to not going to be like an answer he's going to be like a one-year contract rental. real easy listen to this injury clauses incentives easy peasy he won't do this i'm sure he'll stay in tennessee but if he were to leave any team that signs that guy is going to be like okay dude we'll sign you x amount of million but if you get hurt you get this you know like almost nothing if, if this happens this happens so i would not be opposed at all to bringing that in because that would also help minimize the need you know if he came in to start this is so far-fetched because I don't think he's leaving Tennessee, but if he came in to start, <laughs> Dan Moore could take a backseat role and then we could like draft a franchise tackle like two years from now. You know, I don't know, dude, but I, I, I might, I have a, I have a uh, tin hat foil theory that he might actually retire. Like I'm having fun with yeah. the, uh, with, with the talk about him coming here because the one like barstool fan has been like tagging him and stuff, trying to get him to come here. But, um, I, I know in good faith, just from like watching his show and listening to others, he's like down a lot of weight and um, he's going to have to make a choice soon if he wants to like put it back on in time to, to keep playing. And he's got, he's a successful guy now off the field. So uh, he might just retire, but if he plays, yeah, I'm open to it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's Kenny Pickett. By yeah. The way. Yeah. I know. Like uh, Jersey, Jersey, Jerry. And he's putting that, he's putting that up and those are colleagues. Yeah. Oh no, I get it. And he's a, he's a Steelers fan, which is always cool to see also. Um, but no, the, the thing that I'd put out with the bromance thing is that Taylor Lewan turns 32 in July, 34 games missed in the last four seasons. Yeah. It, it, so it, it hasn't it's been ugly. great. It's for, about for half of it scheduled to make 14.8 million with the Titans. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. leave. <laughs> he well they're gonna they might have to force that issue now you want to talk about like jalen ramsey but i think jalen ramsey's a bit pricey the steelers have never really invested their money in that that sort of way going after the you know the big fish in, in the small pond kind of thing if he was available for a trade what's it going to take probably i don't know do the rams even like draft picks like i don't think you could offer them draft picks they they seem like yeah, they're allergic well, I mean to them Pick 32 for Jalen Ramsey sounds kind of good, but add it, you don't know. You don't know how much he would. I, I think his cap hit isn't that much, but next year, not not 2023, but 2024, he's super expensive. So it isn't outside the realm of possibility. I, I would say it sounds really stupid, but until they, I mean, they traded for Minka and um, his circumstances were different, but Ramsey wouldn't be too expensive. And I'm not going to say I would hate that either, but it's really, 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 really unrealistic. Wow, dude. 2023, 24, and 25. Three more years on his contract work. The cap numbers are 25, 26, and 22. But really what you got to look at is what the Rams owe him uh, in cap savings. So I want to say... Uh, he's still got base salary here that would be paid. So he'd be 17, 14 and a half and 15 and a half. I don't know where I got a five, little, dude. Okay. So he'd be 17 steeper. million this year. Then if we want to trade for him. Yeah, it's a little, that's a little steep. Uh, we're talking about, yeah, you definitely have to make some moves then to fit. William Jackson like would definitely there. be gone. Oh uh, yeah. That's, that's half the paycheck right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
Like, or, or practically all of it. What I say, Jackson was at like 12 something, just north I think of 12. 12.1. Yeah, something like that. So uh, not quite half. I was looking at that cap number. You can't do the cap number, but most of most of everything on Ramsey's side here is um, uh, prorated bonus. And then there's, ro- well, roster bonus as well. So roster bonus would still be due to the Steelers, an extra $4 million, uh, Listen, But he doesn't I, have that. I know it's ridiculous, but it'd be fun. Yeah, no, that that one's a little more fun than the one. I mean, the oh, one, yeah. t- signing Taylor Lewan means that more than likely you are going to have Dan Moore play. That's <laughs> At some I mean, point, yeah. And so why are you benching him when you're just going to have him play like uh you know six to ten games out of the year? Yeah, so, I feel that. Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm not a, I'm not as sold on that. That's still part of where we're talking with the draft needs, but we also get into some of the free agency talk and leaping back over to Devin Bush, because I was saying like the Steelers still need an inside linebacker for all intents and purposes. Uh, Bush was very much demoted. I know it was against division opponents where they're playing the uh, run heavy teams like the Ravens and the Browns. And they're going to attack that a lot differently because Bush has been pretty much terrible at filling in the holes and, and pursuing. He just hasn't been the same player post injury as he was pre injury. And they're going to find somebody else, whether that's an Edmonds, whether it's like a Leighton Vander Esch or somebody like that that ends up out there. But just think about like the off ball linebackers and how pretty terrible they've been all the way around the league in, in each of the last few drafts. I mean, Patrick Queen, the Ravens defense just wasn't what it what they wanted to do. They went out and got Roquan Smith and then gave him like a record deal because he's been the one dude that's actually come out of the draft that's been like above the line. But you heard Rashawn Evans name just the other day with that Bengals game, I was like, wow, that guy's still in the league. Like that was a guy that the Steelers were talking about the Titans. The Titans don't pick him a couple of picks before the Steelers are on the clock. We're probably talking about him being, you know, in in the category of that B word of draft bust when it comes to Steelers top picks. And it's like that, you know, um, I think like Vander Esch is in that same category. Let me see. I want to say he was like one year deals Edmonds. I don't know if he's a bust. Is he above the line? Like, no, no, no. He not, no, he's like, not a bust. Tremaine, the linebacker, yeah, he's like yeah, a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm spitballing here. Devin White's had up and downs, but he's been better overall, maybe more consistent than a Devin yeah, Bush. Yeah, he, he had his he had his peak when they hit the Super Bowl. He, he had a pretty rough year this year, but he was, he was humming during the Super Bowl year. But this past year, he wasn't too good. Yeah, and uh, you just think about some of those players, and uh, I, I don't know. Uh, JOK had that, uh, you know, heart or whatever ticker issue when Cleveland ended up getting them in the, yeah, from the second game. round. Yeah. So maybe you find somebody like that. I, I, I like, I, I don't know. I if saw that's a mock draft where we took, uh, Simpson from Clemson, uh, with our, either our first, second pick or our, th- our, our second, second pick. Uh, he's a athletic off ball linebacker from Clemson. And this time of year, it's so loose and like and nothing's really serious that any mock draft I read, if I see a guy, I'll start watching him a little bit. And he's pretty nice. So uh, I yeah, warmed yeah. up to the idea of getting a linebacker within our top few picks, because if he could come in and start right away and be a difference maker, that would be, I mean, that'd be huge for this defense. Yeah. Yeah. In much the same uh, breath as, um, Oh, who was I just thinking of? I don't know, but I was thinking of some other names like Josie Jewell that popped up in the past. Matt oh, Zayvon Collins has been kind of quiet on yeah. the Cardinals. He really hasn't done that much since being in the NFL, unless I'm mistaken on that, but I almost never hear his name. He was a real hot name coming out of uh, Tulsa, Tulane. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I can't remember now. And who was he paired with? 
I'm trying to think who's his counterpart. Uh, the Cardinals' defense like really stunk. Oh, they have Isaiah Simmons. He, he, right. He's gotten better over time, yeah. but he he had a pretty slow start. Yeah, and I want to say like uh, Quartermain is down in Jacksonville, and it's just been like drafting that position is something where they might not like shoot their shot like so high, and I don't know exactly who's going to be available in free agency there either. But you you've you made this point earlier. It's like. Aren't you feeling a lot better that the quarterback situation is settled? Kenny fell right to where the Steelers didn't have to do anything crazy and mortgage your future. And you could talk about all of these other things that go in, in places and pieces around you. You might not be happy about Matt Canada and that news, but from there, man, it's just, uh, this is, uh, this is pretty, for the most part, pretty smooth sailing with the exception of you got some of the Jags that are out there that are going to say, their piece about Brock Purdy and they're going to say, well, see, why doesn't Kenny Pickett throw all of these touchdown passes and do all of this stuff? And this is what happens when you have an offensive mind. Like, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, do you see the players that are, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to like put down Pat Farmuth or Najee Harris or Deontay Johnson or George Pickens, but they're still young guys. You're not man. putting anybody down by no. saying George Kittle and Debo Samuel are and amazing Christian, weapons to have. And Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey and, and Brandon Ayuk, who went for a thousand yards, the quietest, the quietest thousand yard receiving season. I think I've ever heard when I saw during the playoff game, he was over a thousand yards. I was like, Oh, Brandon, Ayuk hit a thousand yards. And listen, dude, 32 teams passed on Brock Birdie, including the Niners seven times. So I'm not going to hold it to the Steelers or really any team for passing on Brock Purdy because nobody saw this coming. I'm happy for the kid. I'm not going to take anything away from him. What he's doing is awesome. But coaching definitely helps. Talent around talent around him definitely helps. The fact he has nothing to lose definitely helps. He's a third string, and he came in with nobody else behind him. So going to let it fly. Um, I think what he's done is pretty remarkable. He's, he's super fun to watch, and I'm rooting for them low-key. But, um, yeah, the people that are like, oh, this is where we should have gone in the draft. I'm like, buddy. Nobody took this guy. It isn't like the Ravens took him right behind us or like the Titans took him in the third round instead of Malik Willis. Nobody took this guy until the last two, pick in the draft. 262. He was the very last pick of the draft. And yeah. nobody could have even like this. This is like Tom Brady rareness. If, if, if it continues and we don't know. We keep talking about turning into a pumpkin, everything like that. He's got an awesome offensive line around him as well. Let's not kid ourselves. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, he's got arguably yeah. the best one. And the defense <laughs> and the defense isn't too shabby either. The Niners have had their pieces in <laughs> yeah, place. Yeah, it's not too shabby. It's like the best. I know, but there's like so, there's like another team where you know they lose Robert Salah or somebody like that, and they just keep going. And there's been patience. Oh, I forgot he was there with with Shanahan. Yeah, there's paid there's patience with Shanahan uh, because like okay, he got them to the Super Bowl. And they put all that money in Jimmy G and everything like that. They just went after Trey Lance. It's going to be interesting to see what they do next season. I don't think, but I have to remind everyone, you're going to really laugh about this. It's like Kyle Shanahan was winning games with CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins as well. So he was. There, there was a period of time where Nick Mullins was the it guy. I mean, that only lasted like three weeks. So well, he had because a everybody got hurt. Than Purdy. What's up? Everybody got hurt on that team. Like they, they've know, always been snake bitten. So it's like, I got to say, you got to pump your brakes on that because it, teams will figure P Purdy out sooner or later. And I don't know that Seattle is necessarily the team that you want to be like, oh, look what he just did against them. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, that just that one kind of it just sticks in the back of my head because this shouldn't be an, any indictment on Kenny Pickett, and for that matter, even Matt Canada. I know people will, you know, speak their piece or whatever. Um, some of the teams you talk about, like people talk about the Steelers, right? And they talk about post buy and they talk about, well, look who they faced. Look who their competition was. Look at the teams they were up against. Brock Purdy was up against the Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Seattle Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals, Seahawks again. And then, well, Seahawks was that wild card game. So, he didn't have like a whole bunch of top flight defense. Now he's going to be up against the Dallas Cowboys with like Micah Parsons and, you know, Dan Quinn is their coordinator there. Marcus Lawrence, Diggs. Yeah, yeah. They're going to, that's going to be a much more formidable challenge. Speaking of which, Parsons, you know, he gets drafted by the Steelers. He's not, wasn't intended to be an edge guy and he's just like uber talented and can play anywhere. It's just, that's another. Yeah, you want to talk one. about a, a natural talent, dude. That That is crazy that how he just, Decided he was going to be an edge rusher instead. Yeah, I'm going to do this instead. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, guys just don't do that. I mean, work like with smart Hassan. edge rushers make way more money than middle linebackers. Yeah, that's true too. Because you know, he's probably jumping, doing cartwheels and flips in his head thinking about that. Uh, Hassan Reddick, not, not kind of the same uh, difference yeah. there too. So, uh, just real quick, we were talking about Purdy, but. Um, Cowboys, can they win on the road in San Fran? They kind of got the short end of the stick here because they played this stupid Monday night game. Not a fan yeah. of the Monday nights. So, I, I like the Cowboys going into it. I think they give a little bit more pressure where you got to do it on the road. Dak just played his best game ever. Oh, man. I mean, they're rolling. They're rolling. I'm, so I'm excited for the, the history behind it. I like I like the matchup. Niners, that's, Cowboys. You know, that, that's, that's so just true. classic. It's going to be easy on the eyes. The old Charles Haley, who's he playing for right now? Yeah, <laughs> Deion either. Sanders. Or Dion, yeah, Dion's another one. Terrell Owens, too. Like, yeah. you know. Uh it's funny how those guys floated back and forth between different franchises. I mean, give me the Cowboys, give me the Bills at home against the Bengals and missing potentially three of their starting offensive linemen. Did the Giants play spoiler against the Eagles? Another division division opponent at the Eagles. His heart's been sitting for too long. This is the team with the most sacks in the NFL this year. I'll be rooting um, for the Giants. Yeah, it's hard not to root for the Giants and Saquon and Danny Dimes. And, screw Philadelphia. Oh, I know. Screw Philadelphia. But I'm looking at one home team here. I could definitely... I could definitely see a slugfest with the Giants. They play the same way. I think they match up. I think it's a bad matchup for the Eagles. The Eagles got enough weapons. They had the bye. They they have the rest. It's tough for me to say, but, I mean, we haven't seen Jalen Hurts in a while. Is he going to come out there? Is he going to be rusty? So yeah. that's tough for me. I, I, I the upset special. I don't have the upset special with Jacksonville. They do anything remotely close to what they just did the last weekend against the Chiefs in, in – uh, 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 GHA field or whatever they are now, air old arrowhead. They could get, they'll get smoked. Um, yeah. the defense, I think they're just gonna get tired out. I don't think the offense, they're, they're going to have a lot of pressure on them. The, yeah, the they, Chiefs, they, they need a perfect game. For yeah, all of us. They, they get, they're going to be in a shootout situation. So the two AFC teams I could see winning at home chiefs bills matchup potentially being played in Atlanta. Uh, NFL really pushing that issue, man. And then, um, giants over Eagles, Cowboys over Niners. What you got about the same or different? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say about the same. I, I'm pretty chalk on all these except for the giants game. I, I will be pulling for them and I, I do see how they can win with, with Hertz being in and out of the lineup and 
just Philly being the the, the Goliath to this David story and, and the vibes the Giants are riding. They, I, I could see them getting past getting past the Eagles. I may sound really dumb for that come Monday, I know. but that that's my only really upset pick. I think the rest of the games will be good. That's all I'm hoping for. Um, but yeah, I like chalk all the way around. Otherwise. Yeah, I was uh, pretty much the same, and nope, I, I just wasn't feeling the Vikings at all, and they tend to always get like beat at home, and there's another franchise. I guess you'd call them mediocre. Everybody's mediocre unless you hoist a trophy, though. Let's be real. It's yeah. it's, just, it's not going to happen, and look Standard. at the Rams. Rams are already sitting at home, so they just uh, they get to enjoy the one from last year, but that'll do it for us. A little long in the tooth here, because this is the only show for this week. There won't be another one. Uh, I'm not going to follow up with where to watch some of these games uh, and whatnot over the weekend. It's like um, they're pretty much all available wherever your usual suspects. So I was trying to actually, I was going to pull that up real quick for anybody who really did want that information, but I think they're primarily all Fox and CBS games now because yeah, we're in the thick of it now. Oh, NBC's got the first one, 4:30 Saturday. That's the yeah, they got to have one. The Jags and Chiefs. Fox has 8.15 with the Giants and Eagles. Sunday, 3 o'clock, CBS, uh, Bengals, Bills. And then Fox has the other NFC game, 6.30. He's showing off. Is that that was Kutch, right? Yep. Andrew oh, McCutcheon yeah. back. Talk about like playing when you're in your 30s, man, or a, a mid to late 30s. It's like, that's about the only thing Nutting could have done to sell some tickets. Oh, yeah. So, he, like, he, I'm, I'm the fat rat taking the cheese, baby. If we, if we can't <laughs> win, give us the promised prince back. Yeah, we win a couple here or there. It's just, it, I felt like that was the one guy. He was justified for some time. Where did he first go? The Giants. And he wasn't doing too hot. Uh, McCutcheon? For, yeah. yeah. He, he was decent was... when he left and then just like steady, like decline, basically like yeah. average. Like, I mean, he'll be, he'll be all right with us. We don't have like the toughest lineup to crack. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he probably, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I was going to say he could be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> I mean, still fans would be psyched. But no, you know what? We didn't actually mention much more about Byron Leftwich. There was a little bit of the. Uh, this is just for our two percenters because everyone else might have just shut off real quick. But with Byron Leftwich, some I was getting in these debates. Well, they could still sign him to something else. I'm like, is he looking for lateral movement or or demotion or anything like that? I know Flores came in. And he's like a position coach. But Byron Leftwich. That's the only reason why I could see it because of Brian yeah. Flores. Yeah, what happened with him? Mike but that'd Tomlin. be it. And Mike Tallman, will he be lying in wait for a year? What do you, is he like a passing game uh, coordinator quality, offensive quality yeah. control or something like that to give him some bullshit title? I don't it's know. It's sticky right now. It's a little sticky right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, will he be added to the staff? We just know Matt Canada is not going. Also, this is interesting to say too. It wasn't actually said that Matt Canada would remain as the offensive coordinator. That's just kind of the assumption. And he's um, staying on the staff. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's true. That's true. And, you know, Bruce Arians is hanging around, you know, uh, Tom Coughlin hanging around. These guys, like, they're just hanging around. So, all right, man, that'll do it for us. Uh, Zach, thanks, man. Thanks for spending your time. I'll give you some extra meaty content. Got the pen. Mine's somewhere around here. I could spill water, but I don't want to clean it up. So, uh, anyways, my name's Joe and his name's Zach. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Like we said, only show we'll come back next week maybe we'll be on more of a regular schedule i know we had the holiday day off on monday as well so we're still we're in the off season now we're trying to get we're trying to lick our wounds and and recover and we've got some more things to talk about this one actually ended up being a lot more than i thought we were going to talk about but you know what my friend whenever we get together and 
talk some Steelers, talk some football. We can go as long as we'd like. Uh, can't so, shut us up. No, can't shut us up. So appreciate you. Appreciate all of you out there that uh, support Steel City Underground. Till next time, my name's Joe and his name is Zach. We encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.